What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me again in the host spotlight, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. It's beautiful. I think that this fall has been one of the most vibrant in a long time. That is true. You have a new property as well, I a do. new home this fall. And the drive here to church is absolutely stunning. I get to like, as I'm going down the road, the open, the view of the mountains opens up. Yeah. It's fast. It's beautiful. The valley. It's gorgeous. I always thought it I happened like overnight. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Mark and I are like, wow, sounds great. So if you haven't been outside, we're, we're <laughs> go outside, enjoy the colors. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Beautiful. Thank you for being here with me. Uh, it was a pleasure to host the family meeting with you as it was well. Fun. Uh, super duper fun. He's fun. back with us, uh, Senior Pastor Mark Carey. Mark, how are you doing, my friend? Doing fine. Good. Yeah. Good. Thank you for being here. Guys, let's jump into a, a Sunday in review as we continue to unpack uh, Acts chapter one, this final words, future hope, faithful waiting. Alicia, I'll come your way first, and then Mark will ask you if you have anything have anything for us. So Yeah. So um, just thinking about Jesus' final words really kind of stirred me up a little bit just to think those were like his <laughs> last words. But um, to think about the disciples their last words to Jesus were this question of, um, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They, they were asking this question. And so, um, Jesus's answer to them is a little bit perplexing because it's like, he's (laughs) kind of deflecting or is he dodging the question? What's Mm. the situation? And, you know, so I'm trying to picture myself, you know, would I be irritated? Would I be confused? <laughs> you know, would I be like, what is, what's going on? But in, in, I loved how Pastor Mark, you brought out that. So verse eight, this is a promise. This is a promise. And um, it's just hold on and wait. And there was a quote by Calvin and I wanted to read it. And I thought that this was really good. He says, it is the task of the visible church to make the invisible kingdom of Christ visible, to manifest to the people what it would be like to live in a commonwealth ruled by Jesus. So this is a this is a spirit-empowered thing that there's the proclamation of the gospel is not effective without the Holy Spirit to, to make this invisible visible that God's going to use his church. And, and so the disciples, they're not understanding what Jesus, his ways are higher than their ways. His thoughts are not their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so what's about to happen is bigger than I think that they could even compre- comprehend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, of course, Jesus is God and he knows he's the Alpha and the Omega. So he's he doesn't have the 35,000 foot level. I mean, he's got the eternal right. picture mm-hmm. perspective of the plan unfolding and all of that. I, I mean, he does spend 40 days teaching them, it says, about the kingdom. And so I try to bring that out, that it was not a misdirected question. Yeah, it was reasonable. It was a reasonable question. It was just an issue of the timing of that question. Mm-hmm. But um, he does deflect it. It's like, okay, I have spent 40 days, well, more than that, three and a half years, mm-hmm. talking and, and, and preparing you for the coming kingdom. However, <laughs> there's something else that has to happen first. Mm-hmm. That is like you were saying, that is far, I mean, that will blow your mind away. I, it, I can't even begin to tell you about it. I'm going to talk to you about the kingdom. 
which is something that is yet in the future. Mm -hmm. But just wait in Jerusalem, get the power, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Kind of what, what, what this unfolding mystery, and the Apostle Paul called it a mystery. Right. Because it hadn't been revealed in the Old Testament. Uh, it was something new. Um, the concept of the church, uh, and many people maybe think that the church is in the Old Testament, but it's not. Mm -hmm. That was the people of Israel. We have a new community that's going to start in Acts 2. And um, yeah, I find it interesting that Jesus apparently, in those 40 days before he's ascended, he doesn't give them... Uh, uh, Bible lessons on the coming church of how to have elders and deacons and things like that. It talks about the kingdom, and that's why they're taken so off guard mm -hmm. uh, when we come to, to mm -hmm. chapter two. It is so much bigger and broader. Um, yeah, so but, much bigger and broader. And I, I, it's so funny, Alicia, I like that you brought it from the disciples' perspective of asking Jesus a question, and then he, he just doesn't quite answer it. I, it's just like classic Jesus, right? right? Like there's an element of like, you or figure they could turn to each other and be like, well, I, like I probably could have saw that coming. Parents do with their kids all the time. <laughs> right. Like, you know, just kind of blow yeah. it off. It's what he's we'll been doing this whole time. He's always been asked these questions. He's always thought about the heart of the matter. And then kind there's a lot of perplexion. Jesus is done answering a question, and there's a little bit like, what? You know, and mm -hmm. it, you have to learn through that. And it's yeah. true to his character to think this way, too. And and true to the nature of unfolding truth. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. God didn't dump the whole load in Genesis mm -hmm. or in the Psalms or in the prophets. That's it's good. progressive revelation. Right. And, and we're seeing that here as it's being progressed. The, the plan of God is being progressively unfolded. And... Um, I mean, we'll see in the next weeks in chapter two, three, four, um, the disciples still don't get it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a process of of time that they begin to understand mm -hmm. this newness, this this vast new thing that God is doing called the body of Christ. Um, so we we got to give the disciples a little slack. Mm -hmm. Jesus did. Yes. Yeah. He, yes. Jesus did in yes. his in his kindness and grace. And if you think about where where they've coming like coming from, and you talked a little bit about this in your sermon, but they they've been on this roller coaster ride <laughs> for the last well three years, really, because they have walked with him, and then you know they're building up to oh yes, he, the Messiah is here, and then he's murdered, you know, and so now what do we do? Well, then he rises from the dead. Wow, so like the emotion is <laughs> elevated again. And now, okay, um, he's been with us for 40 days and he's getting ready. He's leaving, like watching him disappear in the clouds. Like I can't imagine the emotion mm -hmm. of ups and downs that they've been experiencing. But um, in, and I was thinking about Peter in particular because this morning I was in John 6 and he, when Simon Peter, um, this is like after uh, Jesus had been talking about the bread of life and you know eating his body and drinking his blood and all these you know kind of absurd Strange. things, yeah. yeah. And the and the the people are like becoming irritated, and some of his <laughs> followers were like, "Okay, peace out, we're out of here." And and then um, Jesus asked them, you know, are are you are you know who? Are you going to leave too? And Simon Peter answers Jesus and he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And, and I can't help but to think maybe, you know, he's, he's recalling that of, 
okay, this is this is the Holy One of God. We've we've been under his teaching. We we do know him. He's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Like I even though we don't understand the emotion and what is happening in this crazy, <laughs> like up and down, but but we know him and he's trustworthy. And it comes down to knowing who God is. They asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? What are the alternative answers? He could have said, yep, we wouldn't be here talking about it. Or he exactly. could have said, no, that'll be exactly 2,150 years from now. <laughs> then we'd be worshiping what he said instead of who he is. He doesn't answer the question, but he says, you will, and you mentioned this in the sermon, you will receive power, you will be my witnesses. There are some promises there to say mm-hmm. you're going it's to, it's about me and you regardless of what you see, when are the dots all going to connect? It's easy for us to to look for that next dot or say, okay, it's going to happen exactly yeah. now. But then we're worshiping the blessing instead of the blesser. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I think the, 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 the conversations, I mean, we don't know what those 40 days and what Jesus talked about the kingdom, mm-hmm. um, but boy, those conversations and those Bible teachings would have been so much fun to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, the disciples were... There was a information dump in them. Even even the three years that they were, were walking with Jesus, so many things that they did not understand. Hmm. And um, you know, Jesus had said, "Destroy this temple. Three days, I'll raise it up again." They didn't have a clue. You know, they're going to put me to death. But three days later, and he spoke it very plainly to them, and I'm going to rise again. He mm-hmm. says in Luke's gospel. Mm-hmm. And even that was what, um, because obviously it didn't register. It, that was so plainly said. We're going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. They're going to put me to death. And three days later, they're going to rise again. Clear as mud. Right. They put him to death and they had no idea. They're, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so, but then he did rise again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he, they, I think it's dawning on him, uh, mm-hmm. on the disciples. He is completely trustworthy. Right. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah. We right. remember now. He said that. He said that. And so I think if he's talking for 40 days about this coming kingdom, if, we're right in my understanding of the kingdom and the Old Testament of the prophets and this future messianic reign and all that, um, they had to be on high alert mm. because they know he's absolutely trustworthy. He's talking about this. It's coming, but it's just not coming now, mm-hmm. he tells. It's not now. It's not, it's, mm. it's not for you to know. So what is coming now? Well, it's the popcorn of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what they were to wait for and anticipate. and um, Which was the focus of, of last week and this week and the understanding of the Spirit. And so, Mark, as we look back on this weekend and studying the middle part of Acts chapter 1, is there anything you'd like to elaborate on or, or talk yeah, through? Yeah, well, I, I did want to do a little bit of... Um, back in John chapter uh, 7, when Jesus was um, uh, talking there about the... Um, uh, verse 37 of John 7, uh, last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried and saying, if any man is thirsty, hmm. let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, verse 38 says, as the scriptures says, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And I think that's what, you know, what scripture says. Well, Ezekiel mm-hmm. talked about that very that out of your most innermost being will flow rivers of living water Ezekiel 47 but then John adds this little explanatory note in verse 39 but this he spoke of the spirit hmm. whom those who believed in him were to receive for the spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not been yet glorified 
So John gives a little editorial note there. He's talking mm -hmm. about out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This, this amazing transformative experience of, of the Spirit of God. And so, so that's what Jesus focuses on. Not for you to know the times of the epochs when it comes to Acts chapter 1. But you're going to receive power. And, you know, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized by uh, the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus is now focused, after the 40 days of teaching, he transitions his, his teaching. And maybe he talked about that uh, mm. during those 40 days. All we know is he talked about the kingdom, and we know with the kingdom is the coming of the Spirit. But his final words are, uh, you're going to receive power, and you're going to get baptized by the Spirit. Now, what I wanted to, I, I didn't have time in the sermon to do it, I talked a little bit about the word baptism, baptize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of confusion today, and has been, over that idea. I can remember when I was in high school going to some Bible, and in college going to some Bible studies with some dear Christian friends, uh, wanting to make sure I got baptized by the Spirit. Uh, I had people come up to me. I was part of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. I was the chapter president uh, there in Lincoln at the University of Nebraska. And I remember a student coming up to me and said, you know, hey, Carrie, have you been baptized by the Spirit? And I, I could look him in the eye and say, of course I have. Mm -hmm. I mean, in fact, every believer has. The moment you're, you're believed, right. and I, there was kind of a deflating thing you know, that happened with him. Well, because that's not what he was referring right. to. Because th there mm -hmm. is... A, a belief that there's that there's some uh, work uh, of the Spirit of God in a believer's life after they become a Christian that gives them greater power, a greater focus for the Lord. It might be accompanied by speaking in tongues and and very thing various other things, and it's a it's a it's a it's an experience that is um, uh, subsequent to um, your your initial belief mm -hmm. in Jesus, that it, it follows that. And so it's, in other words, it's like, okay, you're a believer, you're going to heaven. But if you really want to be a believer, you're going to get the baptism of the Spirit. And that is drawn from these passages in Acts. Now, the thing that I wanted to clarify is that to be, the, 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 the noun phrase, baptism of the Spirit, is not found in Scripture. The verbal form is to be baptized by the Spirit is found seven times, uh, four times in the Gospels, uh, as it anticipates this event in Acts. It's found two times is all in, in Acts. That phrase, to be baptized by the Spirit, is only found two times in Acts, here in chapter uh, 1 and again in chapter 11. And it's only found one time in, the Pauline, in, in all the other epistles, one time. And that was a passage we looked at, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit, we have been all baptized into one body. Mm -hmm. uh, at, and that takes place at the moment of faith. So wh wh why this misunderstanding then of this idea of baptism? Because wh wh what we'll see in chapter 2, mm -hmm. what Jesus said about being baptized by the Spirit, he's talking to his disciples who obviously have come to faith. If they were to die right here, before Acts, at the end of chapter one, they'd go to heaven because they were believers. It isn't until chapter two that they get that baptism of the Spirit, that they're baptized. And boy, that's when, and they get the power and we see the transformation takes place, the triumph of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So 
because there's a misunderstanding of the nature of the literature of Acts, as we've talked about. Acts is historical. It's describing what happened. It's not prescriptive. It's mm -hmm. not didactic literature. Mm -hmm. It's laying out, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand that hermeneutic uh, and that transitional nature, that dispensational transitional nature, you're going to read this and say, wow, look what happened to the disciples. They got baptized by the Spirit, and look what happened afterwards. They started speaking in tongues and got power, and they did stuff. They raised people from the dead in chapter 3. We need that. And so they're trying to reduplicate mm -hmm. what is not reduplicable. <laughs> you, you, mm -hmm. They're trying to repeat what was never meant to be repeatable, uh, repeated. It's not repeatable. Yeah, That is crucial to understand. Right. That was a one-time event that they experienced. But we as believers, we when we are when we come to faith, um, we take on that identity, that baptismo, or yeah. whatever the word was, right. and and it's that identity of the moment of faith, the moment of faith. And so the two the two places that 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 concept of being baptized by the Spirit is found, it's right there in in Acts one, mm -hmm. and and it was subsequent because mm -hmm. it's a new it's 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 a it's happening now. It's mm -hmm. it's the first time it's happened. Mm -hmm. The next time it's referred to is in chapter eleven with this Gentile Cornelius, and when Peter shares the gospel with them, Jesus died and this Jesus is alive, and they believed and were baptized mm -hmm. by the Spirit. Right. I mean, so that was simultaneous. Right. That would be like mm -hmm. our experience. Right. right. Mm -hmm. So it, it just. It, there is, my concern is, if you think that there's something subsequent to your salvation that you got to search for, mm -hmm. that you got to pursue, that you got to ask God for, that you're not the fully baptized Christian of the, you know, in the spirit mm -hmm. until some experience later, um, you, you're not going to experience the fullness of the spirit mm -hmm. that you already have yeah. and mm -hmm. possess. You're only playing with half your deck. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Never in the scripture in the New Testament are we told to seek for the spirit of God or mm -hmm. to seek something uh, mm -hmm. of, a, of, a, of a baptism of the spirit. Mm -hmm. It's it's We're not told to seek that. The fact of the matter is we he's have, already here. he's already there in yeah. his fullness. So we can read a verse like Colossians uh, 2.10 that says, in Christ we are have been made complete. We are complete in Christ. Mm -hmm. Or Second Peter 1 says, everything we need for life and godliness has already been given to mm -hmm. us. Uh, we have the completeness of God, the fullness. Uh, he says in Ephesians 1, we are the church, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So I, I, I think that is so crucial to, to clarify. One other thing is that if there was something uh, after our initial salvation experience that was crucial, this more of the Spirit. Why doesn't Paul teach that right. in mm -hmm. all the mm -hmm. passages of mm -hmm. Scripture where he talks about sanctification? Mm -hmm. The concept of being baptized by the Spirit is not found. Mm -hmm. So th there's, uh, I think that's so important to But uh, instead, to clarify. identity truths are found. That's right. Paul over and over and over again. Who we already are, right. what we already possess. Now, I think where the confusion comes in is um, Ephesians 5.18, where we're commanded, um, you know, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled, filled by the Spirit. Spirit. Now, that is yeah. a command. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's in present tense. So it's a repeatable. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think maybe Christians, some Christians today get confused 
when they read the book of Acts, they're looking for something more that mm -hmm. is accompanied by tongues and, and miraculous things and, and special endowment of the spirit. Yeah. Whereas it's walking by the spirit, being filled by the spirit. On a moment by it's moment a, basis. Yes. It, and it, it that's is an what, ongoing. He's, he's there. So let's walk with him. Yeah. Walk in him. Yeah. Um, because there, there is that union in Christ and union in the spirit that we've been given. But the moment of faith. And that's why mm -hmm. Jesus, again, John 7, 30, uh, 30, 38, 37, 38 said that out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water mm -hmm. when the spirit comes upon you. Mm -hmm. We have that. The problem is our lack of understanding that, our ignorance of it, dams up mm -hmm. <laughs> that flow of the spirit in our innermost being. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that we don't have that possibility of capacity. It's that we haven't, we, we don't disciple each other right. in the truth of the scripture and help each other uh, and let, that, let that flow. That, that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants yeah. us to think you're not there yet. And God yeah. wants us to realize he's already here with us. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so my question then is why is it so catchy and trendy to, to live with that misinterpretation? Why, why do so many people fall victim to that? Because this whole... This whole second baptism or second coming of the Spirit or this new manifesting in yeah, your life. Second blessing. It's second blessing is, is what it's often called. Why is that catching like wildfire well, in, because, in our culture? Because I, I've known a lot of Christians who've had an experience hmm. of that that has um, re-energized their faith. Hmm. Uh, it might have been a crisis moment or something. Mm -hmm. So... There's been an experience of something that is that has supercharged them in their Christian walk. Mm -hmm. Then they read the Book of Acts and say, "That was it. there. It is. Yes, it must yeah. be that because right. that's what happened." Huh. And so I, I think it's a. I understand it. It's mm -hmm. it's a legitimate thing. Um, I, I can again. I remember a a friend of our family's as I was a kid growing up. This lady would come and visit. In fact, she was a United Methodist pastor. Hmm. And she was a friend of my mom's, uh -huh. and she would come and visit us, dear lady, fireball. I mean, she and she was a Pentecostal, Holy Spirit-filled Methodist, and she was always after my mom to get the baptism, yeah. <laughs> to get that extra, you know. <laughs> and but yeah. that, that had been her experience, mm -hmm. and it's... and so the problem with experiences is, um, we, we we have to we can't. We don't interpret the scriptures based on our experience. We right. interpret our experience from the scripture. Exactly. Look, I can right. stick my finger in a light socket mm -hmm. and get a real experience, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it just doesn't have, might not be a biblical one, <laughs> right. right? And what did you see when you were in your coma? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so I again, we we have to be careful, but mm -hmm. but I do think people's experience leads them to see that, and then if you don't understand. Basic Bible study things, right? You know, hermeneutics and how mm -hmm. Acts being a transitional book and those type of things, then then it can get kind of well. And squirrely. I think too that when you're focused on that experience more than you're focused on um, God's word, yeah. then that's where things get really off kilter. And because you're starting to seek um, something outside of what God has already. Um, given, which is his word and his spirit. Yeah. And so um, that can lead us into dangerous pathways yeah. where we're misguided and looking for the wrong things yeah. with, because we've already been given everything that we need. Yeah. And it kind of can lead to a, um, 
a tiered approach to Christianity. So if mm-hmm. you don't have the baptism, mm-hmm. then you are a subpar yeah. Christian, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that type of, wow, you just know, not we'll feeling be praying it like the for rest you. Of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, having said that, it, it can be just a semantic thing. I don't argue with people necessarily. It is, you know, it's like, great. Um, hey, get out there and live for Jesus. Yeah, then, right. You know, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but I, yeah. I think for our flock and, and as I teach the scriptures, it just, I think we have to be precise. And I think it, it it's catchy and it trends on because it does appeal to the emotion to, to think that way and teach yeah. that way. I, I'm, I've been envious of preachers before where I think, man, it would be fun to preach that, or it would be easier to preach that because it sparks a little bit of, yeah. you know, your, 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 your understanding God based on your own emotion instead of based on what he has told us. Mm-hmm. But this, this is harder. It's more difficult at times. It's subtle. We don't have a God who rushes. He's, he's tactful. Mm-hmm. And, and if we can take the time to lean in on biblical dependency so that when that stuff happens, yeah. we can appropriate it. Mm-hmm. See, our goal is not to get people to have an experience. Mm-hmm. Our goal is get them to know truth, connect mm-hmm. them with truth and their resources in Christ, which comes by truth. The experience is going to happen. Mm-hmm. As we're aligning our thinking mm-hmm. properly. So when Paul says in Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to the world's way of thinking be transformed by the renewing of your mind mm-hmm. so that you can prove what the will of God is. Mm-hmm. That renewed mind, he's, he doesn't say, you know, have some new experiences. He says, has, ha, have a new mind, ha, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. control your mind. So, um, mm-hmm. but there's a ditch on either side and, and you know, right. we can focus on the scripture and, and be, you know, know the frozen all. chosen and be, you know, and not, <laughs> and be, yeah. you know, you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's a balance. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, so I, I again, I think it's interesting. I don't know all what Jesus would have said in those forty days. We know what he taught. Mm-hmm. I went through some of those things in John's Gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefit, he said, it's to your advantage. Mm-hmm. So that right. clearly, yeah. for us, there's an advantage. Jesus ascended, and he's at the right hand of the Father. So that the spirit could descend, that's mm-hmm. crucial. Yes, which yeah, I mean, because the 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 coming of the spirit, that's the this is the beginning of the new covenant era, and I think that that the teaching of the ascension, like that, can be a doctrine that gets lost sometimes in the Christian faith because mm-hmm. we're you know so focused on the death and the resurrection, but wait a minute. No, he ascended and he had to ascend in order for the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit to descend. Mm-hmm. And um, the the ascension proves, yes, that Christ resurrected from the dead, but he's also reigning in heaven. He's exalted. He's at the right hand of the Father right now. So he's not, Jesus, like, what's he doing right now? Yeah. He's ruling. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. ruling in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And uh, he hasn't stepped back, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then he's also so interceding for us, like right. in what we've learned in, in, Ro- in, in mm. Romans, you know, he is interceding for us right now. And so um, I think that those are important doctrinal truths for us um, as we wait, mm-hmm. like to know, okay, he is ruling mm-hmm. and he's coming back. Right. That's right. important too. And by the way, another thing, First John uh, 2 says not something else that he's doing as he, he's an intermediary. Um, he, but he's also an advocate. He's our defense attorney. So right? he's pleading for yes. us yes. in heaven yes. right now. So, I yeah. mean, the, the, the theologians call it the session, the session of Jesus. He is seated 
uh, at the, not on David's throne. He's seated uh, at the right hand of the Father, mm-hmm. but um, uh, he is advocating for us. Um, he is inter- interceding for us. Yeah, he's, we're his bride. Yeah, he's he mm-hmm. he is. He's beautifying care- us he through is. his spirit. He's, he's caring for us and he's beautifying beautifying us and and he's preparing us for that day when he does come back. And not only are we going to be reunited with him, but we're going to be seeing that that culmination of this kingdom living and when the enemy is finally crushed. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, so I, it was so exciting to think about um, when you were talking about Pastor Mark and the sermon, the disciples, you know, looking up in the clouds. And so when I was driving here today, I was looking at the clouds, like Jesus is today the day. You know, like Does that one look a little funny? Do we yeah. think something's going to happen? You know yeah. what? That's believing. That's mm-hmm. believing in, in his word and what he said he was going to do. He's going to mm-hmm. come back. So why? how do we wait well? Mm-hmm. How do we wait well? Mm-hmm. We believe him. We, we, we keep looking in the clouds. And, and then what else did they do? They prayed. Mm-hmm. They prayed, and they were unified. They devoted themselves yes. to yes. prayer. Mm-hmm. Yes, in one with one mindedness. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the writer of the book of Hebrews, chapter ten, um, you know, twenty five says, you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, which is the habit of some. Mm-hmm. He says, but um, keep assembling and stimulating each other to love and good deeds. Mm-hmm. So. Th- that collective, and and we know there was 120. Uh, we'll we'll see. There are 120 believers gathered together, and um, it was a 10 day waiting from, from period. A 10 day waiting mm-hmm. period. We'll find out as we go to you know in in chapter two. Um, that that commonality mm-hmm. that surrounded by the. A, a, a dark world. I mean, how encouraging that must have been. Yeah, because they could have, they could have, like, started to, like, after he ascended, they could have either started to argue about what was going on. They could have um, spiraled down. You know, mm-hmm. what are we going to do now? We're in despair. You know, we've could have fled. Could have. Yeah, we've been left yeah. alone, yeah. or try to fend for themselves, or they mm-hmm. could have, like, you know, tried to you know, pull it up by their bootstraps and like, well, Mm -hmm. let's do this. Let's take on the Great Commission in our own strength. And, you know, I mean, there could have been lots of responses, but, but by God's grace, they were unified. And, and I think that that speaks to the importance of the unity of the church and um, for us to have that one mindedness. And so, um, and I think that that's so rare to have a unified body of believers and but it's so important and it's so Mm -hmm. essential but i think that also the fact that they were praying together is kind of key to bringing that unity that's right yeah yeah i think there's something to that well you know how many times have you heard the 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 saying the family that prays together stays together right you know that's you talk about that within the context of a home husband Mm -hmm. and his wife you're doing it with your kids but but god's family too Mm -hmm. um and um, they did it. You know, would the would the Holy Spirit have descended ten days later if they weren't doing that? I, well, I don't know. It's a hypothetical, mm-hmm. but certainly their hearts were prepared, mm-hmm. and and that the soil of their heart was yeah, it, it was it was ready, um, it was rich, and, and the spirit and not comes. To, not to not to um, diminish the fact that waiting is hard. 
Like waiting mm-hmm. is hard, <laughs> but um, knowing who your God is and trusting his word and that he's going to be faithful to do what he says he's going to do, that, um, that brings strength and perseverance in the wait. Yeah. You know, it is interesting. I think I'm, I might have mentioned this maybe a couple of weeks ago, but in chapter uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 2, until the day he was taken up into heaven after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders. And normally it would be to the disciples, um, because that it's, I mean, that phrase is used, but he, but orders were given, and, and Luke specifically uses the word apostles, which are, which is a word that means sent ones. Mm-hmm. So, G, I mean, Jesus is, com, he has commissioned them, he, he's going to commission them in the Great Commission, um, just before he ascends, but they they, they were maybe having a, a moment of awareness saying, we're apostles. Mm-hmm. We're, we're no longer the students mm-hmm. of the rabbi, the mm-hmm. disciples, the followers. We are apostles, mm-hmm. the sent ones. Mm-hmm. And then he tells the sent ones to wait. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Wait. So there's, yeah, there's... Um, um, God graciously provided for them to wait, and they did. Yeah. And then some fun things happen. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. As we'll see. It's right. Good stuff. Mark, thank you for being here, my yeah. friend. It's awesome. Alicia, you're the best. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us each and every week on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in Sermon Spotlight and we pop right up. You can find uh, all the things we talked about and more at fbcva.org. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love, God bless.